Good morning. How's it? I heard my name. That's oh hi. How's, okay. We're not going to go person by person, but it's good to be here this morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Oh, that was. I heard a great behind you. That's good. Or somewhere. I wish I'd seen the dinosaur. I'm kind of sad. Uh, so I was looking through the news this week, just different things that people were doing, different papers, and I saw that they'd done a study about people being content with their lives. And so there's actually an all-time high, which is weird, but 91% of the people surveyed said they were content with their lives. The other 9% were Cleveland Browns fans. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I can, I can always get Cleveland, apparently. Uh, so we're starting a new series today, and it's a three-week series, but it's a really exciting series, and it's something that I really like because, and you've noticed out there that we've got a bunch of our history and a bunch of the things from our past, but each week is going to be focused on a different time period, so we've got past, present, future. And I think that's really cool because it shows us that the church always exists, that Jesus always exists, that there's so much we can take from the past, so much we're doing in the present, and so much in store for the future. And so for this week, for the past, I wanted to look back to what is essentially the beginning of the church. And it's, in other ways, the beginning of a lot of things, but it's the beginning of the church. And so I want to go to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So as I said, in many ways, God's church starts here. And this is when Abram goes out in faith, when God calls him. And it actually called him before and told him this was coming. But Abram had partial obedience at this time because he was learning. Because he was growing, because he was becoming who he was called to be, because he was becoming a father of the faith. Uh, Just out of curiosity, how many people knew as children the Father Abraham song? Oh, good, more than I thought. Awesome, I'm not going to sing it. I was just curious. But Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you, so let's just praise the Lord. That's the song over and over and over and over and over again. And it's kind of a fun little thing. Uh, Hopefully that got in your head, and you'll sing it throughout the service. You're welcome. But more important than what Abram was doing, more important even than than the calling of the church, are the promises of God. And you notice in the scripture that over and over again, he says, I will. I will make you a father of great nations. I will make you famous. I will be with you. I will bless you. And when God says that, it is an absolute guarantee because God never goes back on his promises. God never fails, as the song said, as our lives say. And so it's so cool to look at this moment. It's so amazing to look at this woman and to see where it starts, to see God's promises, to see the covenant with Abraham, to see that he's told, you're going to be a great nation, which was literal for him. But he's also saying, and that great nation, you, your faith, you're walking out in faith is going to lead to the church. And it's going to lead to the church becoming something, becoming God's church, becoming something that can do more, becoming something that that can serve him and show him to the world. And Abram's name is actually honored in many religions, like uh, Judaism, Islam, Christianity, obviously, like he is known throughout the world because he walked out in faith. 
Because he believed God's promises. Because he listened to God. Because he talked to God. He was not perfect by any means. We'll talk about that a little bit today, but he still, whenever he would mess up, whenever something would happen, he would stand up and he would keep walking with God, looking to God, putting everything he had with God. And God says, all families will be blessed through you. All families, not just the families you like, not just the families you know, not just the families that that share things with you, but all families. And I believe that, again, is a promise to the church as well. It's what we've been called to do. It's what we're called to do. The the thing about the past and the thing about the table out there and, and everything that we're talking about today, it shows that the church has stood for a really long time. But longer than that are the promises of God. And they go through the church and they go out from the church. And that's what we're here for. That's what we're called to do. Now, how do you tie that to Abram? So I have a quote. And this is. When God made his covenant with Abraham, he promised that he would make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Jesus is the needle who sows the children of God who are not direct descendants of Abraham into that nighttime sky. Jesus is the needle that connects everyone. Jesus is the needle that blesses all families. Jesus is the needle that ties us to Abram, that ties the church to Abram, that that ties us all together. He's why we're here, very literally. And it's so amazing. When I look at this quote, it's so beautiful. And I love how our names are attached. And I think about Abraham. Abram, I'm going to go back and forth probably a few times on that. I think about Abram and how he went out in faith. He was called to go out in faith. Now, this isn't like if afterwards I'm like, hey, I call you to go out to McDonald's. That's fairly easy. You can go out and get in your car. You have a cell phone. You can call ahead or you can order ahead, which is much better. And they even have free stuff. You can get like an extra large fry or something. This is apparently a commercial for McDonald's now. They don't pay me. But if you're called to go somewhere, wherever it is, it's fairly easy to go there. I know we've had a few groups go to Israel. And it's a long trip, but it's a fairly established trip. You get on a plane, you go. Uh, You can keep in contact with everybody. You can even keep uh, in immediate contact with them through Facebook Live or through whatever the, the Apple one is called, FaceTime, and all that stuff. Now, when Abraham was called, though, none of that existed. He walked out of his home knowing that he probably would never see those people again. And yet he still trusted God. And he still knew that he had a bigger purpose. He still knew that going out in faith was important. Just like the church, going out in faith is important. Going out and showing who he is, what he's done. And Abraham went out directed by God to take the message to all. All families. The church is called to pick that up and continue doing it. To take the message to all families. To take the message of Christ. The message of his truth, of his his hope, of his love to everyone. And the world that Abraham went out into was a difficult world. It was a violent world. As I said, he didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have a car. He was walking, maybe riding a donkey sometimes, but it was fairly difficult. Anywhere he went may very well be the last place he went because he was going into a hostile place. I don't want to bring everybody down, but the world's kind of rough now too. And yet, the same God 
called Abraham out into that world and was with him that calls us out into that world and is with us. And that same God ties us together. That same God calls us to go out in the difficult world and to bring peace, to bring hope, to bring love, to bring joy, to bring salvation, to bring Jesus to everyone. And God to Abraham says, you will be a blessing. That's such an amazing compliment. For us to be a blessing to all. For us to be considered a blessing. For us to bring a blessing. I know we still have a holiday and a half or a couple holidays or whatever before Thanksgiving. And we kind of skip right over Thanksgiving to get to Christmas as soon as tomorrow's over. I know some of you are like, as soon as he's done, I'm going home and I'm putting up my tree. And some of you are like, I've had my tree up for two years now. And that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. But the point is, Thanksgiving is not just about eating a lot of turkey. And it's not just about watching the Cowboys win and the Lions lose. It is about being thankful for what we have, what we've been given. It's about the blessings we receive and about the call to go and be those blessings, share those blessings with everyone else. I want to go to verse 4 as we continue talking about Abram. So Abram departed... As the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the Oak of Morah. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord, who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country uh, with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. So... Another, this is a small sign of his partial obedience. He was told to go out with just his family and his stuff. He took Lot with him. That turned out to be a mixed bag for him. Like it was bittersweet at times and there were some problems there. But he still was trying and he still was learning and he still was growing and it's a path. And it's a path of growth. It's a path of learning. It's a path of trusting in God and giving your mistakes to him, giving everything to him and trusting him to help you to fix them, to learn from them, to grow from them. And so Abram shows that. He helps us to see that. Now, it said he was 75 when he departed. I remember when I was 75. And it seems like a long time ago, but imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine being 75 and say, being told everything you have right now, leave it behind and go. That's insane. Even in our world where we can have access to banks and we have our phones and we have the internet, that's still crazy. And so he's doing it with none of that security. And yet he was called to and so he did. And it says he goes by stages and he he trusts God over and over and over again. And he goes to Canaan. The land was promised, but there are people there. And they're not very nice people. And so he sees this is going to be a hard job. This is going to be difficult. And the first thing he does... And as I said, he is not perfect, but he's such a wonderful example of growing in faith. Because the first thing he does is not, God, you said I could have this land. You said that this would be mine. You said that my descendants would be here. No, no, no. 
he set up an altar to the Lord. And he immediately prayed for help, for thanks. He immediately gave everything to God. And I know that we have some people here who know the the geography of the world super well. And if I asked you to come up here and explain where Shechem is, you'd very much show me. Okay, good. So that's fine. What I'm, that was a joke, actually. Sean is going to come up and show. No, I'm just joking. But Shechem is right in the middle of Canaan. And more than that, it's right in the middle in a valley between two mountains. And so it's a very noticeable place, but it's easy to lose. However, it's so important. Not just because he set up an altar to the Lord there. Not because it's the start of, the prom- of accepting the promise of God. But Shechem means shoulder, and it is in this spot... This spot that Jacob came safely with his wives and also uh, bought land and set up an altar in this same spot. It was in this spot that Jacob gave the plot to Joseph, his son, and where Joseph's bones are buried. It is in this spot where Joshua made a covenant with the Lord and said, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And it is in this spot when it was renamed to Sychar in the New Testament where a Samaritan woman went alone to a well because everyone was constantly reminding her of her sin. And she went alone to the well and found Jesus. It was in this spot that Jesus showed us what the church can be. This spot that Abraham set up. This spot and all of that stuff happened after. All of that stuff came after. And the crazy thing about Abraham, this promised land to him, the only part of it he ever owned himself was his burial plot. And yet... He set up the foundation for the next generation. He set up the foundation for everyone to come after. He set up the foundation to begin the church, to begin the mission. It didn't matter to him that he didn't get to hold the land himself. It mattered that that spot would matter, that this land would matter, that this faith would matter, that his journey would matter. Week for history, it's a good time to go to a Billy Graham quote. The Bible and the history of the church both demonstrate that God's way for the suffering of his people has not always been the way of escape, but the way of endurance. Let me read that again. The Bible and the history of the church both demonstrate that God's way for the suffering of his people has not always been the way of escape, but the way of endurance. Abraham had a difficult road, a road full of challenges. And some of them were because of the land and because of the violence and because of the people around him. Some of them were of his own making. Because a couple times he actually lied about who he was for protection. And he messed up. But he would always keep going. And yet throughout that difficult road, throughout the challenges, he built a foundation. Throughout all of the battles and all of the worries and all of the stresses, he continued to build a foundation. He continued to grow. He continued to give everything to God. He continued to trust in his promises. And yet through the history of the Bible, through the history of the church, 
Even as we see problems, even as we see issues, even as we see struggles, even as we see trials, we see God. And we see endurance. We see our history become our present, become our future. We see growth. We see moving forward. We see that through after every trial, there is progress. We see that after every hurt, after every difficulty, there comes hope. We see that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And we see that we are always His church. From the beginning, we are His church. We are called to serve Him, to show Him, to live for Him, to live with Him. Like Abraham, we are called to face a difficult road, to endure, though. And like a theme has been throughout every time I talk almost. When he calls us to something, he also prepares us. When he calls us to love, he gives us the love. When he calls us to hope, he gives us the hope. When he calls us to grow, he helps us grow. He is with us. We are his church and we can see that endurance throughout time. You can look at Abraham's life. You can look at Moses' life. You can look at Joshua's life. You can look throughout all the way. I'm not going to name everybody in the Bible. And you can see difficulty and trial and hurt. You can see problems. You can see issues. You can see struggles. And yet you will always see victory. You will always see endurance. You will always see hope for those who trust in God, for those who give their lives to him. That's what the history of the church is about. That's what we are here for, to give our lives to him, to give our hopes to him, to trust his promises. Because he said, I will be with you. I will make you a blessing to all families. I will give you a call. I will give you a message. And all of that is so awesome because from the beginning, he had us in mind. And those who come after us, because his plan is perfect, his life is perfect, his church, the people in it, not so much. But the mission, the message, the hope is. And so I want to go from Abram to the new church. Uh, Acts 2, 42 through 47. As the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer, uh, all of the believers, sorry. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. The disciples had a pretty difficult road too. And when they watched their Savior die on a cross, some of them denied it, some of them ran, some of them were scared. But he came back. And he gave them strength, he gave them courage, he gave them a calling, and they picked it up, and they continued steadfastly. They continued building on Jesus' work. They continued putting their trust in Him. Putting their trust in His calling, in His promises, in His covenant. You think it's hard to be in the church today, in the world the way it is, 
It was literally illegal then. All of the disciples but John were murdered. Murdered for their faith. John was exiled. And yet they continued doing it knowing that would happen because they trusted him. They believed in him. They knew what Abraham had done. They knew what those who had come before had done. They knew what Jesus meant. And so they became his church. And it's so cool to read this paragraph, to read this scripture. And it talks about fellowship. And I think sometimes when we think of fellowship, we think of it as kind of hanging out. It's like we sit here and we're together and, you know, every once in a while we laugh at a joke or we don't laugh at a joke, which is more common. Or, thanks for exhibiting that. Or, or we just kind of stand up and worship and that's fellowship. Well, the Greek word is koinonia. And I'm not going to go through the entire definition, but essentially it means worship. It means worship together. It means worship with our lives. It means worship with our voices. It means worship with sharing. Sometimes, sometimes it is extraordinarily easy to see the differences that we have. To look at the person next to us, to look at the people around the church, to look at the people around the world and see the differences. And as humans, sometimes we focus on those and we really think about them and they hurt us. But fellowship. And the lessons of the early church show us to focus on those things that are similar. Focus on the things that we share in fellowship. We share the same Lord. The same God who gave Abram a covenant. Who sent Jesus to die for us. Who brought the new covenant. We share the same guide. The the same path. The same calling. Not in the same way but the same calling to be an example of Christ, to show him to a world that needs to see him, to be a light in the darkness, to be salt in the saltless. We share the same love for God. We share the same desire to worship him. We share the same desire to see him, to feel him, to to listen to his promises, to listen to his name. We share the same struggles. We share the same world and the same difficulties that come up day after day after day. We share the same victories in different ways at different times. But the same victories. And we share the same call to be an example, to be better, to be His church, to stand up in fellowship, to stand up in love, to stand up in hope, to be invested To be invested in what we do, to invest in others, to having been invested in by others. That's correct grammar. Throughout our history, throughout our past, the capital C church, this church, every church. There have been lots of struggles and lots of hurts. And we look back at this passage of of, the disciples and how they stood together and how they faced difficulties and how they faced trials and how the world didn't want to hear it. And I think we can sometimes think, well, what's changed? I know that the world's not going to be perfect and I know that we have to wait for heaven, but what has changed? How can we not see a change? Well, I have one more quote. We will never change the world by going to church. 
We will only change the world by being the church. Let me say that again. We will never change the world by going to church. It's good. It's important. But that's us. That's here. We will only change the world by being the church, by accepting the call like Abraham did, by becoming what we're supposed to be. We are called to be his church, not just in this building. We are called to live as his church, to show his church. And I love this series so much because we get a chance to look to our past, to look to the victories, to look to the trials, to look at the lessons. And not in a way of, man, I wish it were still like that, but in a way of, wow, God always continues. God is always here. God always has a plan. God always loves us. God always has hope. Maybe. Maybe you're hurting right now. Maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe you're doubting. Maybe, maybe something in your life is just really messed up. And it's hard to feel like the church. And it's hard to feel like a Christian. And it's hard to feel like anything changes. But we go back to those promises of God. I will make you a blessing. I will help you through this. I will have a purpose for you. I will give you a, a call. I will give you a life. I will give you a family. Way back, Abram was called to go out into the world and to bring peace and hope to struggle sometimes, to battle sometimes, but to continue trusting God's promises. And he continued. And those after him continued and continued. And Jesus came. And he showed us a glimpse of what was in store for us. He showed us a glimpse of what life could be with him. He showed us a glimpse of what the church could be. And then the disciples picked that up. And they started churches. And together... They did amazing, miraculous things, which shows that God worked through them. And they set a foundation that led to the start of churches that we know, to people like Billy Graham and C.S. Lewis, Martin Luther, John Wesley, whoever you want to name throughout history, who continued and picked it up and walked forward to us today. To us today. And I remind you, Abraham only ever owned one piece of land in the promised land. And yet he built that foundation for those who come after. That's what it means to look to the past. That's what it means to be the church. That's what it means to change things. To pay attention and to hope, but to prepare for what's next. To prepare for those who come after us. To build that foundation, to strengthen that foundation. And as God's church, as God's church, we can live in those promises. We can show those promises to others. And we can bring hope to a world in which it's almost a bad word. And yet, Jesus is the same yesterday. The same today and the same forever. And that same Jesus sees you 
And he knows what you're dealing with. And he knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows you. And he's called us to something more. He's called us to be the church. And to show the world that we're his. That's all I got.